Don't you wanna go? Go to that land. Don't you wanna go? Go to that land. Don't you wanna go? To that land where I'm bound. No, where I'm bound. Nothing but love. Love in that land. Nothing but love. Love in that land. Nothing but love. In that land where I'm bound. Where I'm bound. Nothing but joy. In that land. Nothing but joy. Joy in that land. Nothing but joy. In that land where I'm bound. Where I'm bound. Nothing but peace. Peace in that land. Nothing but peace. in that land. Nothing but peace. In that land where I'm bound. Where I'm bound. I've got a savior in that land. I've got a savior in that land. I've got a savior in that land. Where I'm bound, where I'm bound. Don't you wanna go? Go to that land. Don't you wanna go? Go to that land. Don't you wanna go? Go to that land. Where I'm bound, where I'm bound. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. Hey, I'm your host, Bruce Kessler, and I just want to let you know I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him alone, I find peace, joy, happiness. I'm blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about the call to lay aside. The call to lay aside. But before we get to that study, we got a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. Now get this, friend. Get this. This is from Christian Headline News. It says a prominent venture capital firm is leading an investment of $47 million into the family-friendly Angel Studios as part of an effort to remake the entertainment industry. That investment, the $47 million investment, is going to be a major boon for the studio that is behind such mega hits as The Chosen and Dry Bar Comedy. A venture you know, giga fund, a venture capital firm that also backs SpaceX, led the investment alongside Bain-backed uncorrelated ventures, which invest in infrastructure software. Neil Harmon, co-founder and CEO of Angel Studio said the investment could dramatically impact the entertainment industry over the next decade. Unlike Hollywood companies, Angel Studios crowdfunds its projects. For example, Angel Studios raised $5 million from 7,000-plus backers to produce the animated series The Wing Feather Saga. Hollywood, he adds, has lived in a bubble for
for so long. It doesn't match what all creators want to make and what all audience want to see. The stranger that bubble becomes, and the more the disconnect happens between Hollywood and audience, then the more opportunities there are for Angel Studios, Harmon said. Angel Studios, Harmon said, will produce stories that amplify light. Harmon defines light as whatever is true, honest, authentic, just, worthy of praise. There you go, friend. There you go. The chosen creator, Angel Studio, raises $47 million to help rewrite the rules of Hollywood. I would say, friend, that it's about time, don't you? I say amen to their efforts. Well, here's a story that we've been following off and on for the last year. A Christian, a Christian nurse who lost her job because she refused to remove a cross necklace has won a major legal case before a British employment tribunal. That's right, folks. Mary Anaoha was a nurse employed by Crodon Health Services in 2018 when she was asked to remove a necklace that bears a small gold cross. Mary, who is Christian, refused, saying the cross is an important public display of her faith and that she had been wearing a cross since she was very young. It was noted that other medical staff were permitted to continue wearing jewelry even as she was told to remove her necklace. The hospital alleged that the necklace presented a health risk and disciplined Mary by demoting her to non-clinical duties. After she was given a final warning for failure to remove the cross necklace, she resigned in 2020 and sued the company, alleging it had violated her freedom of religion. This week, an employment tribunal sided with Mary, saying the hospital had directly discriminated against and harassed her. Wearing jewelry, including necklaces, was rife among the respondents' workforce. Many doctors and nurses continued to do it even during the period in which the claimant was being disciplined. It was widely tolerated by the management. The respondent allowed its employees to wear other items of religious apparel, head scarves, turbans, other things that had broadly comparable risk profiles in terms of health and safety as a cross necklace. There was no proper explanation as to why those items were permitted, but her cross necklace was not. From the beginning, the Christian Legal Center said, the case has been about a high-handed attack from the NHS bureaucracy on the right of a devoted and industrious nurse to wear a cross, the worldwide recognized and cherished symbol of the Christian faith. It's very uplifting to see the tribunal acknowledge this truth. It was astonishing that an experienced nurse during an epidemic was forced to choose between her faith 
and the profession she loves. There you go, folks. Can you believe that? Christian nurse who lost job over cross necklace wins a lawsuit. Sometimes, folks, all you have left is to take legal action. And she did, and praise the Lord, it turned out for the best. Amen, folks? Well, now, listen to this. You won't believe this. The two most popular podcasts in the United States, guess what they are, folks? You wouldn't believe it. The two most popular podcasts are not about sports. It's not about news. It's not even about pulp pop culture. It's about the Bible. Can you believe that, folks? It's about the Bible. The Bible in a Year, hosted by Catholic priest Mike Smith, is number one on the U.S. on Apple podcast charts, while the Bible Recap, hosted by Tara Lay Cobble of D Group, is number two. The Bible in a Year features Smith reading scripture and providing commentary and podcasts that span around 20 to 25 minutes. In the Bible Recap, Cobble walks alongside the listener and reviews that day's Bible reading. Each podcast lasts around eight minutes. Can you believe that, folks? Jeff Cabins, who frequently speaks on the Bible in the Year podcast, said its popularity reflects a spiritual longing. The hunger for God in our culture is not a flash in the pan, but an enduring desire. Interest in the Bible is expanding. There you go, folks. There you go. Bible podcasts are number ones and number two on Apple's chart. Interest in the Bible is expanding. Hallelujah, folks, and amen. Glory to God. What a remarkable set of events that is. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now, this day in church history. King Charles I of England exiled Samuel Rutherford, the Presbyterian minister of Ainsworth, Scotland, because he had published an attack on some views of the Church of England, Archbishop William Laud, to whom Charles deferred on most religious questions. During his exile, Rutherford wrote letters to encourage his flock in Ainsworth. Here is a letter written on this day in 1640 to James Wilson, who was troubled with doubts regarding his salvation. Rutherford pointed him to Christ. Here's what he said. Oh, say ye, I am slain with hardness of heart and troubled with confused and melancholious thoughts. Answer, my dear brother, what would you conclude thence? 
down in Christ Hospital where sick and distempered souls or undercure is not worth a straw. Give Christ time to end his work in your heart. I charge you to make psalms of Christ's praises for his begun work of grace. Make Christ your music and your song. For complaining and feeling of want does often swallow up your praises. Borrow joy and comfort from the comforter. Bid the Spirit do his office in you. And remember that faith is one thing and the feeling and notice of faith is another. And that's this day in church history. Now, folks, we have a little bit of fun with this. Name that Bible character. Okay, here is your clue. Here is your clue. The quantity of each clean animal Noah took on the ark. What number am I? It's a little tricky. Here's your clue one more time. We're talking about the quantity of each clean animal Noah took on the ark. What number am I? We'll reveal the final answer to that tantalizing clue following our study segment. Stay tuned for that exciting reveal and a final segment of Name That Bible Character. Okay, folks, we're at our study segment time for this broadcast, so get your Bibles, get you a hot tea or a hot cup of coffee or whatever it is. I got mine right here. It's nice and warm on this cool morning of about 40 degrees, and let's open up God's fantastic and powerful Word. Turn with me now to Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to be reading verses 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Let's read it together, friend. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Now, I want you to notice that at the beginning of this uh, text that we just got through reading, he begins with reminding us of the cloud of witnesses that were surrounded by. And what does he mean by this? What he's recapping the, uh, the faithful people that he had talked about 
people like Noah in chapter 11 and Abraham and Sarah and Jacob and Joseph, Moses, Joshua. All of those people, the writer here is saying, and it's making a point to say, you do not stand alone in your faith. Look at all of these faithful people in their lives and what they had to go through. And they stayed true to God even in the worst of times. They were faithful. He said, now, consider those people. Just as he wants us to consider today, friend, that there are faithful people that you are surrounded by. Look at their lives. Look at what they endured. Look at their steadfastness. Look at the fact that they are still standing. Look at the warfare they have been battling. Look at the fact that they are experienced in this warfare between good and evil. Look to them. Look at their lives. And surround yourself by the faithful too, friend. And he was saying, now you just take this snapshot of all of these faithful, all of the faithful that he just described in Hebrews chapter 11. He said, now I want you to just consider all of that. And then he says something very, very important. Very powerful principle. He says, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. This laying aside. You need, he says, you need to put into practice what the faithful, that he had just previously talked about, what the faithful learned themselves. That is, to lay aside, to put off, to put away. And the easiest and simplest illustration I can give you is like if you are wearing a heavy coat inside of your house, what are you going to do? Leave it on and sweat to death? No, you're going to take that coat off. It is an action that you are doing. God invites us in through his son, Jesus Christ. We're invited into this community. We're invited into this church that Christ died for. But God is not going to sweep in and miraculously do all the work for you. He's not going to come in and say, all right, I know what your needs are. I know what troubles you. And I'm going to solve this problem without you doing or having to do anything. It's called obedience. The good life, the life of a Christian is not without effort. And we must lay aside. You cannot be neutral in this war of the soul. You cannot be immovable, but you must move. You must put off. It's an action verb, laying aside. So what are you laying aside? Well, he says, every weight and the sin. So what does he mean by weight? Well, it refers to a burden. It refers to a heavy load. And I guarantee you, friend, at some point during these last two years, two years or so, you have been burdened with something. You have had a heavy load. And it gives this sense, this idea, 
of a massive load or a massive weight on the shoulders of the moon, giving this picture of this weight that he is almost buckling with. You can just envision this person almost down to his knees, holding this weight, waiting to collapse. It's crippling. And the writer here says, you need to remove that burden. You need to remove that weight that holds you back. That holds you at bay. That's causing you not to progress in this spiritual life. And then he says, not only do you need to lay aside, place aside, every weight, every burden, every heavy load that's holding you back, but also the sin. Now I want you to notice, underline that. He says, the sin. There is a particular sin problem that Satan knows that he can use to just chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away at your life and trip you up. Most likely he's been working on you on this for a long, 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 long time. And the writer here says, you need to lay aside the sin. You need to name it. Call it out. So that you know what you need to do alongside God to place it aside. And then he says, those two things, those two elements, laying aside every weight, every sin, that so easily ensnares us. It refers back to this idea that James talks about, James chapter 1, of the lure, the temptation, the lure that Satan hooks you in with. He's trying to capture your attention. And he puts this lure in front of you so that you'll take the bait. Something that will easily ensnare you. He says you need to work on this. This is a practice that needs to happen every day of our lives. Lay aside that weight. Lay aside that sin that so easily gets our attention. Captures our hearts. Then he says, let us therefore run with endurance the race that is set before us. Run with endurance the race. Of the this gives this sense of an idea of an athlete running in a race. And what does an athlete do, especially an athlete that is an Olympic athlete? They work. They go through extreme training. And they exercise and they push themselves even when they want to quit. They keep going and even when they feel that they can't go on any further. Why? Because they know that they are running in a race for a goal, for a prize. And that race is life, eternal life. We're to have the patience the steadfastness to be in it, to win it, every step of the way. 
So how are we to do all of this? We can't just do it ourselves. We're invited in with Christ. We're invited in with God. We're invited in because we don't stand alone. And the writer points us to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And we were reminded that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised him. He's the way we learn from the best. He's the one we turn to when we feel that we can't go any further. Out of love, he endured. Out of joy, he kept going. Out of purpose, he endured the cross for the will of God, for the sanctifying of his people, the redemption of all of us to redeem us from our sins. And now he is at the right hand of the throne of God. He is Lord, O oh Lord, King of kings, the high potentate, folks. This is the one we need to turn to. And then finally he says in verse 3, Consider Christ. Consider Jesus. Consider our Lord. He endured the hostilities from sinners against himself. Why? Why do we need to remind ourselves? Why do we need to consider Christ? Because at some point, we become feeling a little weary and a little discouraged. And we need to just remind ourselves to look to the cross. To look to Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's going to help us get through and accomplish the end goal of running the race set before us. Amen, folks. Amen and glory. Hallelujah. That's our study, folks, for this broadcast. Now, folks, we have the conclusion to name that Bible character. Here was your clue. Here was your clue. The quantity of each clean animal Noah took on the ark. What number am I? Well, it was the number seven. That's right. Number seven. Genesis 7, 1 and 2. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house unto the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. The quantity of each clean animal Noah took on the ark, what number am I? Seven. And name that Bible character. Oh, folks, you too can become a follower of the greatest movement ever by giving your life to him in repentance, turning to Christ, being baptized for the remission of sins, and receiving a blessing that passes all understanding. Our goal here is very simple. That was to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Go to our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. 
Well, friend, I just want to tell you what a privilege and an honor it's been for me to have you walking along my side during this show. I truly do appreciate it, and I am honored beyond imagination. God bless you all. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Let us praise the Lord and glorify his name. Praise, oh, praise the, the Lord. Sing to the Lord to the a new song. Let us praise, oh, praise the, the Lord and glorify his name. Praise, oh, praise the, the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise Jesus. Holy name. 